Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. Another episode of Hashtag Saints to the podcast coming at you. And before we even get into the minutia of where the, the, the state of the New Orleans Saints are right now, we're going to get into that later. Um, I want to I want to get Malcolm Jenkins his flowers today, mm. you know, on a, you know, on a podcast. He announced his retirement from the league, got drafted in 2009. Bruh. Wow. 2009 came in the league as a corner from Ohio State, made the change to safety, which saved his career, honestly. Yeah. And I got I got the 2019 draft up right now, bro. Let me let me list off the the active players from that draft still in the league. Ooh. Matt Stafford, Andre Smith, which blew my mind. Like I don't I didn't know Andre huh? Smith. I didn't know Andre Smith was still in the league, bro. He's still in the league, bro. Still in the league, bro. According to Pro Football Reference, he's still in the league. Um, Alex Mack, the center. Jared Cook, still in the league. <laughs> Kevin, Ho- uh, Kevin Huber was a punter, which makes sense. Thomas Morstead, also a punter, makes sense. Jason McCourty. Damn, I didn't realize he was in that draft. <sighs> Jason McCourty was drafted in the sixth round by the Titans. A.Q. A- Shipley, a center, and Ryan Suckup, a kicker. Mm. And Malcolm Jenkins just retired. Let That's me. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? And I'm looking at I'm looking at the players that were drafted before a little before him and a little after him. So I'm going to list out some in order: Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, Aaron Maven, No. Sean Moreno, mm. Ryan Arakpo. Malcolm Jenkins at 14, Brian Cushing, Larry English, Josh Freeman, Jeremy Macklin. Wow. Brandon Pettigrew. <laughs> so people, people just listen to this podcast with draft season quick approaching. Just look at those. Just listen to those names I just listed. It is so hard for teams to get players right when they draft, bro. It's oh, bro, it's so hard. So it, hard. But the craziest thing is, is that you don't really even know because, you know, his first season, he played a lot of, you know, nickel, uh, nickel cornerback. He kind of got thrown into the fire when, you know, 2009 season, we had some injuries. I remember him playing outside some and getting smoked by like, uh, what was that? What was that uh, wide receiver name with the Dallas Cowboys? Lights can do. Oh, um, that was awesome. Miles Austin get smoked by Miles Austin. Austin, um, but you know he played played well in nickel, you know. But it was kind of always foreseen. I remember when he was getting drafted. Um, I don't know if it was during the combine or what, but Deion Sanders on NFL Network, he was like, "That dude is safety. 
he ain't no cornerback. And Michael uh, Malcolm Jenkins kind of got he kind of felt a certain type of way, like, nah, I'm a cornerback, I'm a cornerback. <laughs> Deion Sanders was like, nah, bro, you're a safety. <laughs> I remember that. You're safety in this league. And, and goes to show one year after, you know, after he got drafted, he was down, you know, center field, you know what I'm saying? Had a real good uh, second year as a safety, you know, but as the defense, as the defense kind of waned, he waned, you know, and we, I remember we used to all complain about missing tackles, bad angles, MJ with them bad-ass angles, you bad know. Bad angles, bro. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then, you know, look, we we talk about the, the uh, Jairus Bird, we laugh about it now, but man, look, when we we, we got Jarris Bird, man, ninety percent of citation was like fucking right. Bye, MJ. Bye, <laughs> bye. And and that just goes to show that sometimes it's, we off. It's it's an often thing that I say is as a player, you kind of who you are in the league, right? Like mm-hmm. players rarely change. I won't. I don't know if Malcolm Jenkins necessarily changed when he went to Philadelphia. Maybe he, maybe he played in a position that better utilized his skills. But to this day, I, you know, if you ask Sean Payton to a man, the huh. Rob Ninkovich pick that didn't work out and let Malcolm Jenkins go and, and trying to replace him with Jarris Bird are the two, like the two biggest things that that. And no, like just just grates on him to this day, to this oh, yeah. day. Because I mean, not just the play on the field, but really, um, you know, the the character, uh, the leadership. Because you know those man, it, 2014, 15 teams, bro. We had some egos. That room was <laughs> egos. Yeah, Junior Gallet. You had you know shit going on in the locker room. Dudes smashing dudes, wives, all kind of shit. It was just. <laughs> It was and that's just what we know about. We don't even know the stuff that really went on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, yeah, so you know, the the vacuum of leadership, him leaving, Roman Harper leaving, you know, Vilma, those dudes, you know, that that really hurt the Saints those years. And uh, you know, him, you know, him going to Philadelphia, finding his role. And you know, safety just one of them positions, man, is you know, one thing I just learned over the years, it's just hard to judge in a vacuum. They spot themselves looking at a safety. Especially the production, because you know they they like every, most of the stuff they do depends so much on what's going on around them. How Correct. the corners play, how the defensive line plays, you know, it just so you know all that matters. That's why you know he's been better when he's been you know with the Eagles and when he came back to the Saints when we had a better defense. You know he's he was really been able to shine and you know he really to be honest he was kind of you know kind of like a, a prototype for what you know teams look for now because they want safeties that could line up in the nickel, you know, line up against the tight end, can play center field at the same time, can move around. He really, you know, he, Greg Williams really, you know, started the whole like three, I wouldn't say start, but he really did the whole three safety thing because he would have like Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Darren Sharper, uh, yeah, and Roman Harper all on the field at the same time that 2010 season, which was, you know, that was just kind of different, you know, the big safety and big nickel, you know what I'm saying? So that, you know, that was really kind of innovative and it's kind of normal to see that now. And Saints still like to do that, you know, with CJ yep. and with, uh, with Malcolm Jenkins and with, well, it was with Marcus Williams, but we'll see, you know, that might lead into something else. 
right there. <laughs> uh, just, just I'll, I'll stick. I'll stick on Malcolm just for a little bit. Just the fact that he's won. He's won two Super Bowls. You That's know, it's, it's it is like it's like yeah. Like we've talked about on the show how it's just hard to win Super Bowls and how Tom Brady is literally with two different teams. That's crazy. two different teams. With the with the Saints and then with the Eagles, um, just the longevity he's had, you know, he's had moments in terms of just social justice, in terms of mm-hmm. kneeling and things like that. He called Drew out, <laughs> which feels like forever ago at this point, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drop drop the video. <laughs> just, <laughs> so he's just he's been just the model, like in terms of players that you draft and you hope he's just the, like the example of like, if you draft someone, he's the type of player where his career, and it, it, I won't say shaky start, but it got off to an at like a, he was like an average, decent NFL starter right. start to his career. Like I, I remember people was like, damn, wish we would have got Brian Cushing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, bro, I, remember, I remember that a couple too. Years. For a couple yep. years, it was like that. It wasn't like just that one year, like, a couple of years, it was like, oh, I wish we took Cushing over Tim G. Yeah, I know. remember that. I mean, if you look, if you look at the careers now, that's not it's, you know nobody's saying that. It's not a debate. It's not even. It's not even a competition. Um, but with the draft fast approaching, he's just the type of player that you, as a team, you hope you can draft. Um, right. And also, I think it goes to show that sometimes. And it doesn't work out. It doesn't work like it doesn't work out like this a lot of times. But sometimes, man, a player just needs like a change of scenery. And I think that goes for NFL or just in life. Sometimes you mm-hmm. just need a change of scenery, man. Just mm-hmm. just switch it up a little bit and mm-hmm. just get something that's new. Cause you went to Philly, bro. And I, I remember when he went to Philly and we had Jared Bird who was like in the hoodie and fucking West Virginia. We, he wasn't seen. And here Malcolm was in Philly, and he was just making plays all over the field. Brock. Every time, bro. Every time. He'd get the pink sticks, force of fumbles. I'm like, what the hell? He come at, He was coming off, like, the edges and, like, getting sacks. And I was just like, what, what do we do? What I, happened? I, I always remember uh, – uh, what's the fucking guy's name? Um, ESPN matchup. He's on the show with Greg Cosell. Uh, oh, Sal Palantonio. No, no, no. Other guy. Uh, Ballhead. Uh, former yeah. DB. Not Matt. Not Matt Bur- Burris? No. No. Ah, oh, shit. I retweet him all the time. Uh, anyway. Anyway, I just remember him saying, like, once we, uh, like, when we had been let Malcolm go, like, he had tweeted, like, that day. He was like, he was like, man. I would have kept Malcolm Jenkins. Give me that range and those instincts. I keep that any day of the week. He was, he was like a former DB for Washington. But he, I just remember him tweeting that. I was like, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I remember the jokes, bro. Like, the jokes was, man, we know Malcolm failed fucking failed geometry at Ohio State because this nigga mm-hmm. was just terrible at angles. Like, we had geometry jokes for Malcolm for days just in terms of the angles he took. But you know he he was he played himself into a a top tier safety in the league. He went out on on his terms. He did the Saints a favor in terms of how he also like kind of constructed his contract mm-hmm. um, of how that all happened. But 
That said, we we got we got to talk about this team, bro. Oh man, <laughs> we do, man. I will. Uh, one thing I'll say. I'm glad I get to say this more frequently and, and often now, but I'm glad I've always been a fan of the Red Rifle. I always love me, sir. I always I love enjoy. It. I love Andy Dodd, right? I'm fine with the signing. I'm fine with him being the backup to Jameis. Um, I tweeted this. People got trying to get tested with me, and I was like, if they sign Andy Dalton, that's a telltale sign of what they think of Ian Book. And people were like, oh, no, he has experience. I'm like, no, man, like the Saints, I don't care if it was a Sean Payton pick. It was a fourth-round pick investing in the quarterback. And they are telling you that they do not trust that fourth-round pick who's going to his second season to be to be able to be the backup. That on, on game day, because on game day, there's especially with Taysom, and we'll get into that later. But Taysom pretty much is confirmed as a tight end going forward. There's only going to most likely be only two quarterbacks that are active: Jameis and the backup. So the team told you that they don't trust that Ian Book, if Jameis got hurt or something happened to him, that he, he could come in and win games. So they Thank went you. out and they got Andy Dalton. That is a fact. Period. They're not, they're not in competition. Like it's <laughs> right. And, like it's, and, it's, it's Andy Dalton. He's the backup. And it and I, and I thought, man, one that I was like, man, Ian Book just looks like a, a waste of draft pick. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I immediately, I immediately thought of when they drafted Zach Bond in the 2020 draft, and then the very next draft last year they drafted Pete Warner. The team is telling you what they think of the player. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm fine with Andy Dalton being signed. What I'm not fine with. And this is just complete idiot, like just idiotic team management is because of when they signed him and the amount of the contract they signed him for, the Saints aren't going to get any comp pick for Teron Armstead going to Miami, bro. Yeah, it sucks. But I mean, we, that, I mean, it didn't even pop up my radar because they never cared about copies. Like they never approached true offseason shrewd like that. They just not shrewd like that, bro. I would I would wouldn't mind it if they had gotten if, if they had addressed any sort of need that they have on the team. Because right. I look at this team right now, and I get it. The draft hasn't happened yet. The draft is quickly approaching. It's less than a month away. Thank God. I'm tired of the draft talk. I'm just tired of it at this point. The draft is quickly approaching. And I, t- I said it on Twitter. You cannot look at where this team was at the, fi- the final game of the regular season against the Falcons and everything that's happened in the offseason and tell me that they're a better team. They're not. No. They, they're nowhere in any shape a better team. So now with the secondary, you have Marcus May, who you hope, Maybe he's not as good as Marcus Williams, and they're they're two different players in the positions that they play. But you just hope that Marcus May can a just get back to form of how he was before hit the eight um the, the torn Achilles. So you're banking on that, and then this poses the next question. And I tweeted about it yesterday, kind of jokingly, but 
Everyone keeps saying, oh, Daniel Sorensen, he's just a backup. He's just special teams. Mm-hmm. Are we sure? I mean, if you listen to DA at the owners meeting, sound like he wanted to play. Uh-oh. Like he talked about, you know, the things he can do on the field, what he's good at. Uh-oh. They all say so, but I'm <laughs> so like they brought him in. They said, I mean, DA said he's in the Jeff Heath role. Um, which, so, which would be yeah. like a like a, a backup yeah. type of safety. But like even then, like that doesn't sniff with me because you're draft you're signing a Jeff Heath backup and like like you could have waited, like I said on the last podcast, you could have waited till August to sign fucking Daniel Sorensen. Well, like I'm, you could do that September first, bro. Like no one's beating down Daniel Sorensen's door, bro. Like that's 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 the only thing that blew me. It wasn't really like the player, even though he's it was not, a time. not a great player. It was just like you can go after a guy like that now, now. And I and think who's competing for Daniel Sorensen? No, nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Not a single person, bro. You probably was surprised, like damn. <laughs> what me? Y'all, what, y'all, what's up, me right now? <laughs> I think what it is is that as fans, fans want to see the year that he signed, the, the amount of money he signed for, him and that he signed for one year, and they are talking themselves into, nah, we, we not, we not gonna start Daniel Suarez, and he's just the backup. He's just listen, man. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm telling it to you right now. The options are getting pretty thin in terms of this this secondary, this back end of the secondary. You got Marcus May, and again, he's still likely to miss some games because of his DUI. I think what 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 did Deontay get? He got like what three games? Was it four? It was three, right? Yeah, yeah. So Marcus May probably missed about that same amount of games, right? Two to three games. But when he comes back, it's going to be Marcus May. So they have an option. One option is just to move CD to strong safety. And again, I guess you then slot Bradley Roby in the slot role, put him in the slot. And I and I still will bang the table to this day that CD's best position is strong safety. That that three or four game stretch or however long it was when Bomb Bell got hurt. Um like I still remember that that Titans game, bro, when he laid out that Titans receiver and he fumbled, bro. Ooh. I thought that man was killed on the field, bro. Like I was like, "Field man," <laughs> he went night night. Um, <laughs> I, I do believe that CD's best role. I, I, Sean Payton to me came. He always came across as the person that really pigeonholed CD into just being a, a slot corner. Now maybe because DA is now DA and he can run. Maybe he sees what I see and say, "You know what, CD go be strong safety." And then that's that's what the secondary is, right? But if they keep CD at the slot, everyone's like, bring bring Teron or bring yeah, bring Teron Matthew in, bring Teron Matthew in. H- have these Saints shown any sign this offseason that they they would do the the right thing, bro? <laughs> oh man, no. That's what I was like. <laughs> and they really believed it. I'm like, why y'all just why are y'all goosing yourself up like this, man? That's all. Like, so yeah, if they if they signed Teron Matthew, and it was May and and Matthew and CD in the slot, like I I could get down with that secondary. Is it as good as the 
I, I would still be like, man, I wish we would have retained Marcus. I really do. But you can still have you can still have a very successful back end of the secondary, very physical secondary, and still be a good defense with if you were able to get Matthew at strong safety. I just don't, I just don't think I don't think it's coming, bro. Don't I just don't feel it's coming. So that's that's an option. Another option is the draft. Now there's been some talks. You know, Kyle Hamilton. Notre Dame, that safety, he, you know, he was supposed to go top five. Now he's saying, hey, he might fall off the top ten, bro. I can't see Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton getting past a team like the Commanders mm. I, just because they had so many secondary miscues last season. A lot of that was on, like, Landon Collins, but so many secondary miscues last season. And Kyle Hamilton just – screams kind of like a Ron Rivera player. Um, like if you just if you just watch him play in Ron Rivera, like it may go kind of hand in hand. Now maybe the commanders feel like they need to go offense. Maybe they go wide receiver. But I think the Kyle Hamilton Kyle Hamilton slide is real. And if he slides far enough, if he slides far enough, it would not shock me in one little bit if if he got into striking range where they moved up and drafted Kyle Hamilton. Right. It wouldn't shock me at all. At all. At all. Would I love it? I wouldn't love it, but I would understand it. But the way the reason I wouldn't love it is I would say if if you just would have retained Marcus, oh. then you wouldn't have had to waste a first round pick. Like what, on, like, it would have cost you what, like five or six million over the next right. four years or something? Like really? So, and and that's assuming this is all assuming that Kyle Hamilton could get to the level of what Marcus was. Now they're they're different players, right? Different, but yeah. you can't just assume that Kyle Hamilton is going to be as good as Marcus Williams out the gate, right? You can't can't do that. That was the same thing I was saying with kind of with the whole you know last year with with the Falcons drafting Kyle Pitts at four. I say if you draft him tight end at four, man, he needs to be he needs to be Gronk. He got to be Gronk. He got to be Travis Kelsey. He got to be prime Jimmy Graham for that pick to be justified. So for them to draft the safety in the in the in the middle of the first round, and he's a special player. I'm not trying to shit on Kyle Hamilton, but the team building aspect of it and the team management aspect of it, it's like y'all could have just kept your your 25 year old safety and use that pick on a wide receiver or another position. Because then it's like uh, we let him go. Now we got to replace it. Because you're not – your team isn't improving. You're just keeping it replacing it twice because you because you just paid uh, Marcus May. Yep. A nice little yeah. sum. Like, you didn't pay him, you know, 12 or 13 million a year, but – He's getting nine. Paid, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's getting, getting nine. A nice little chunk. Shit. So, so – But to me, I, I think that's going to happen. I, I think he's going to be there at 18. You think he's going to be there at 18, bro? I really do, bro. Just the way these drafts play out. You know, and he's not like a four, 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 three guy, nothing like that. Like, yeah, he I, ran I, like he ran like four, six, man. Yeah, I, I, dude, I see him being there at eighteen. Let me, let gonna me. Take him. If he's there, they're gonna take. Him. Oh, without question, <laughs> best believe that. Like, I, we don't even have to guess. Okay, so let me pull, I pull up. I can already hear. You know, this guy. We had this guy rated as a top five player in this draft. We okay. can't believe he was here at eighteen. So let me go. Let me go through the, the teams. Okay, eleven. 
Washington Commanders. Think that's a high five. He could go sense. there. Twelve to Minnesota. No, no, don't. If if Mike Zimmer was there, yes. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's no. Thirteen to the Texans. This is the pick they got from Cleveland. Possible. I could see it because they were like, you know what? We we might have taken him three a couple of right. months ago, but now shit, we could get him at 13, 10 picks. Yeah. I can see it. And I can see him loving Smith loving that type of guy. Like, oh yeah. Oh, for sure. 14 Baltimore, they just paid Marcus. They ain't gonna happen. 15 and 16 gets interesting because those are both eagle picks. Yeah. And they could see it as like a luxury of like, well, shit, we got an extra, we got two extra first that we didn't think we'd have. And I could see the Eagles doing it. Um, yeah. And then 17 of the Chargers, they have Derwin James, couldn't see them doing it. So the probability of Kyle, if, of Kyle Hamilton being in that range, like if he gets to third, if he gets to about 13, bruh, they probably make that trade with Baltimore and move us four spots to get him <laughs> and give up like a third to do so. Like that, man. Oh my god! Could, couldn't you just see it? Like you could, you could easily see it, and you could see and Such just a like you, move. you could see just like you said, brother. The press conference ap- afterwards. Oh, this this he's, he was our top top three rated player, and you know, in the whole entire draft, and for him to be there at at where he was at fourteen, we just saw. You know, we thought we had, he was in our cloud, and he just was just above all the players we have in our cloud. I've heard this so many times, bro. I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it. I know. I know what's going to happen. It's. I'm prepared for it. I am too. Do I think it would be a bad pick? I don't. No, I mean, because I think he's going to be a good player. You know? I do. Ultimately, I do if too. You get a, if you get a good player at the end of the day out the draft, it's a good pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, because <laughs> the draft is just that's much of a that much of a crapshoot. Just coming away with good players is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? But it still annoyed them. Ooh, that shit would annoy me, bro. Big time, big time. Um, and so I guess in one of my friends, good friend of mine, said that after after everything, so after essentially after the draft ends, right? At some point, we need to do an episode where we're where we grade the New Orleans Saints' entire offseason from the head coaching search uh-huh. to the free agency, the infatuation with 22, the draft, everything. And we just give it like a letter grade of where they are. So just up to this point, because I know there's, I don't, we're going to have a whole episode on this later. So this is kind of like a little mid off season review. Cause people keep getting my mentions and like, Oh, it's like, like free agency isn't over yet. Uh, you know, the, they can still add wide receivers, blah, blah. And I, I'm not saying that they can't, and I'm not saying that they want. But what I am saying to people is that can, can you at least look at the moves that have been made? And this team is trying to tell you something, right? I think I was talking to my dude, Dart Saint, right, you know, earlier today, and he's and I think he made a very astute point. He said that once they got that no and they want to get they want to get number number 22, maybe they just said like maybe we need to just do like a little soft reset, you know, just mm-hmm. just just re, re reallocate some things. And I could easily see it because the moves 
would indicate to you that that's what it looks like. Well, if you, if you listen to uh, Mickey Loomis at the owners meeting, he just talked a lot about, you know, their cap situation where they are right now and stuff like that. So um, I think it, I think they're at a point where, yes, they would have blown the bank for, for uh, 22. They would have blown the bank for him. But outside of that, if they couldn't get him, they just they just fall back to the point where, look, we've been maxing the cap for, you know, a decade now. You know what I'm saying? So let's just kind of, you know, plug holes where we can, but let's just be smart about it. And because, look, you can carry over cap to the next season. So I don't think they I, I don't think they're approaching the season as maxing the cap like they do normal seasons, you know. It just, I mean, they haven't shown that they are. They, they're not trying to match the cap. So that's just how they're approaching it. You know, whether it's smart or not, you know, I mean, it, you know, that's up to you. On one level, it makes sense because they probably do know that, you know, they aren't a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, but I guess, at, the same, but at I, the same time, it's like. I think that's the point that, that's the little thing that annoys me, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Let's and, and again, I, I could team like them is very much an outlier, but bears to mention when preseason ended last season, no one thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to the Super Bowl, bro. Like, right, exactly. But they they got talent, and a lot yeah. of that talent came obviously through the draft, but they and their cap situation is completely different. They were flush with cap. They went out and signed Trick or Trey. The year before they signed Bomb Bell, they've been able to sign good players as free agents, and they've drafted extremely well, which there you have it. But, like, all it takes is a couple of draft picks, good draft picks, a couple of good free, agent si- free agency signings, and, and you're off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like taking an L like that. Like, I can see if you're the Jaguars. No, you're not. You're not making a Super Bowl this year. You know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but for a team like the Saints, where you're kind of in that little, just that middling range. And you're in there in a conference like the NFC that's completely, NFC, completely open. The NFC, you know you can beat Tampa Bay. You know that. Um, you know, you probably could beat the Rams. You know, you, you know, if you look at every team that's at the top, you know that even with all the flaws that you've had. You know, you could compete with those teams. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I would be trying to just do everything I can to put the best possible team on the field. You know, and they say that's their approach. I'm not seeing it. Oh, but you, you know, you're not seeing it, bro. They brought Traquan back, bro. Two year deal. <laughs> Two year deal, bro. Who was competing for Traquan? I want to know. <laughs> the, the Falcons, maybe? I don't know, bro. I, I had re- so the Falcons went out and signed Alden Tate, bro. I would have I would have rather the Saints have signed Alden Tate and maybe gotten some untapped potential in him than bringing Traquan back. Like for real, just annoying, man, annoying. But you know, I mean, like they've showed you what you think. Quarterback was a must for them. Quarterback was a must. They focused on it. They tried to get twenty two, couldn't get him. Immediately signed Jameis and signed uh, Andy Dalton, so they have a they have a good quarterback right now. Not a great one, you know, but it's like a 
top 20-ish quarterback room, you know, from the starter to the backup, which is pretty good. Like, you know, like. It could, it could, be, a, it could be worse. It could be much worse. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not a top level, but it's, it's, it has a, a defined floor. You know what I'm saying? It's not a yes. bottom of the league quarterback room. It's, it's a middling quarterback room. Um, and it could be, you know, more than middling, depending on how Jameis performs and how, uh, you know, from the second thought is how, you know, much talent you surround him with. So it's like QB was a that's, must. That's probably the problem. Replacing safety was a must. And wide receiver mm-hmm. is either a need or a want. That's how they approach this offseason. Um, so, you know, they know that they need wide receivers. You know, Dennis Allen talked about it. Um, Mickey Loomis talked about it. Say, you know, they still want to add wide receivers. So I think that's going to happen, but they made the decision that they're not going to spend money on it. And they not, they think, they think, you know, Michael Thomas is a part of that equation, you know, um, which is the opposite approach I would have took. Like I said on this podcast, while back, I'd approach it as he doesn't exist. He's not on the team. You know, and if he does come back, yes, yeah, so I hope he comes back. Great. Like that, but I would approach the offseason if he's not there. Right. That's just, just the ultimate Gucci. But I just wouldn't approach it like that. But they approached it. You know, uh, Dennis Allen went out there and visited with him and all that stuff. So, you know, and it looks like he's going to be fine. But we don't know. You just don't know, man. So it's like. Man, if like Mike Thomas is hurt, like if he if he gimpy, man, like you talk about the worst wide receiver core in the league. People like, the like someone was trying to argue with like argument me. I said you know, we said on this podcast they're a bottom three wide receiver like group. And like someone was trying to get on Twitter and like argue with me, but I'm like, man, I'm just I'm just I'm just over the homerism, man. Like I there is I'm not gonna say it's bleak. But as I currently see it, as of right now, there are five to seven win teams. Like I, a couple of weeks ago, I would I would have said nine is like their full full max. But I think getting to nine, especially because we don't know that unknown of, of DA, because Sean Payton with coaching alone got you an extra, yeah, probably two wins, right? Exactly. That that's gone. And I think as of right now, again, it's early and all it takes is a one great draft and things look different. And I think even if they, let's say they have a draft like they had last year, right? Where they got two good starters in a Debo and a Pete Warner. If they're able to do the same thing in this draft and get two good starters on offense, don't really care the position. Tackle, rock receiver, running back, tight end. If they could get or you know quarterback too, but I just don't get the feeling that they might go that route. But they're able to get two good starters on offense. If they like they were able to hit last year, I think that changes the outlook of the team. I really do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely believe that, especially running back and wide receiver. Yes, yes, and that'd be so fun, bro. Like. I swear to God, I completely changed my tune, bro. They get a couple wide receivers and running backs in this motherfucker, bro. I will be, bro. I mean, I'm not saying I'll be, you know, saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying I completely changed my tune. 
because I'll be able to study some tape or some scale positions and and you know and just try to see where this thing goes, bro. Like so, that's what I want to happen, man. But I just don't have faith, bro. I don't have no faith. No, they gonna do this. No, <laughs> like I I think I told this to a friend today. If they draft one of the eight players that we that we did when we did the the mock draft simulator, I would be shocked. Shocked. What? Just one out of the eight, bro. We we drafted eight offensive players: two quarterbacks, two wide receivers, uh, a tight end, a tackle, and James Cook, and both times. If they drafted one of those players, I would I would be floored, <laughs> absolutely floored. Um, they did come out, or Dennis Allen pretty much came out, and we, and we talked about it a couple of shows ago. But it's just you know definitive that the whole Taysom Hill quarterback thing over, over, <laughs> done, finito. Um. And he will be a tight end only. And then our boy <laughs> Ross Jackson did like the math and the contracts. And if you taste him Hill's contract, he would be the seventh highest paid tight end in the league, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. I mean, you know, him full time is like a tight end slash move player. I mean, you know, he could get. I think, I think he could really give you something. Oh, because yes. he won't be, he won't be part time quarterback. You know, like, oh, we got to save him for quarterbacks that low. You know, I mean, he's probably going to still do a little. You know, take some direct snaps here and there, whatever, short yardage and stuff like that, red zone. But for the most part, man, you know, he's going to be running routes. And you know, I, I don't know how he feels about it. I'm sure it sucks for him, but. Man, go hit the weight room, get your body back up, you know, and you can do it, bro. Because he's one of the most blessed motherfuckers in the league, man. Like you, Bruh. you done made. I think if you add his total up, he didn't made more than Chase Daniel. That's crazy. You know? And Chase Daniel to be in that bag. So, <laughs> he's a bad king, bro. Bad king, man. So, man, maximize that shit, man. Like, you know, I mean, because we need it. Honestly, we would need it. I mean, we <laughs> need him to be a playmaker. Like he yes. needs to be a part of that, you know, that equation. Um, he absolutely does. And and this is why I tweeted too. I was like, I don't mind him being that, but like let's not forget that he's coming off like a Liz Frank injury, bro. Like yeah, that's a nah. terrible injury. Yeah, no, nah, man. Like that man, so man. Sean Payton getting that dude, and I'm not not gonna do it for getting paid. Like that's you know good stuff, good for him. But man, Sean Payton, bro, like that dude. Obviously, that only happened because of him, because of Sean Payton, without question. Because as soon as he left, everybody's like, "Whoop, this is that project." <laughs> Bye, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> he was Sean Payton's guy. Period. Nobody he else. He was. Um. These, there's still moves that can be made, but I think as as, as a Saints fan, if you look, look, if you're listening to this, can't talk. If you listen to this, I think you just got to temper your expectations. Like, 
you really got to think about and kind of see what the team is showing you. Now, as I've said numerous times already on this on this pod, it takes one good draft. One good draft can just change Ryan's and my tune can change the whole the whole dynamic of the offense, the whole dynamic of the team. But they just they got to do it, and maybe it's kind of having that twenty twenty cloud draft over over us and it's just like can they do it though can they i don't know man who's banging the table for alvin camara you know Ooh, speak on it Mm. i'm saying it's like you know who's banging the table for jimmy graham that's all i want to know who has that insight i don't know i don't know it's i've they were all at the Ohio State Pro Day, and they've been at all these Pro Days, bro. But I, I tweeted it. I was, you know, Dick Da was out some Pro Days, and you know, people were at Pro Days, and I said, you know, name I never seen any Pro Days, bro. Be quiet, Michael, bro. <laughs> well, you know, Pete, Pete, lay low, bro. Pete's like, I ain't going to that shit, man. Pete probably watching the little cut-ups on YouTube like we do. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even get Pete access to the five coach tape where you can select all the third down, you know, all third downs and shit. The YouTube's <laughs> send a little email saying, "Oh, you know, I think this guy looks pretty good." Shut up, Pete. We didn't ask you that shit. Poor Pete, man. I'm just who, who's I forgot who's whose pro day it was. Maybe it was the Cincinnati pro day. I don't remember whose pro day it was, but it was just like, and this is a great, a great, I guess, thing to ask is like you, you asked the perfect question, right? It's like who who is banging the table for for the you know a play, an offensive player. I know it's not gonna be Pete, bro. Like it's not. No, he can't break like he ain't no table, man. <laughs> Is Pete in the room? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I never seen Pete in the room, bro. The little video they show. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I just, I just quickly, I'm on on spot track. Just looking, just pulled up the. The, the market value for someone like T.Y. Hilton. He's like six million. And T.Y. Hilton is like pretty washed, bruh. But at this it's it's just it's, man, like just flood your team with offensive weapons, man. I just don't get it. There it there there are almost little to no offensive weapons left. But there's still some out there and we we've, we've talked about them before. You got Jarvis Landry, you got Julio Jones, but they still got they still want to get paid like stars. And, that, yeah, and for them, for them, I understand just kind of like yes, stand back a little bit and let them, they vets. You know, they're at the point where they like you know, kind of choose where they want to go when they want to go. So I get that, you know. But man, like to me, I just be like trying to shoot at any like you know high you know high upside play I could make right now. I won't, I won't give you four. Get, cut the cap, but let's just make I'm going to give you four right now. Just four. Try to get maybe Emmanuel Sanders back. Try to get 
try to get Adam Humphreys. Try to get Cole Beasley. You could also try to get Sammy Watkins. Ain't nobody, I'm pretty sure people ain't banging down Sammy Watkins' door. And I get it, he's injured, he's inconsistent, but like he's like a rich man's Traquan, bro. <laughs> Easily. And if you if you could give Traquan two years, six million, you tell me you can't you can't see you can't give Sammy Watkins like a like at least like a one million uh, one year deal for something. He can still run fast. Like so last year, I'm gonna give you the contract that he signed last year. Last year with the Ravens, he signed a one-year deal with the Ravens that Max, if he hit all his incentives, he would have gotten five million, five million, one year, five million dollars. But his base salary was 1.25. You tell me right now you can't call up Sammy Walker's agent and say, listen, I'm gonna give you a contract one year, base two million dollars. And if you hit these incentives, you get it get up to this. Boom. Done. Done. Is Sammy Walker's agent going to say no? Pro- probably not. It's just, I don't know, man. I, they, again, and it could be what, you know, what what Max said, maybe just taking a little reset and just trying to do it on the sly. And if so, then that's fine, because obviously they can't say that out loud, because then you're just going to alienate your fan base. But I will say, like, if you want to – give the fans something like to just give them hope. Like it's what we've said numerous times on this pod. Can you at least show us that y'all understand like this shit isn't it. Like the offense is an issue. Cause we Man, haven't seen li- it. Just listen to the DA. Somebody asked him, I don't know. Timmy feels Nick or Luke. Asked him like, you know, basically like, you know, what's your vision for the offense or whatever. There's something I always want to ask. Like, do you have a vision for the offense? Or is it just like, you know, Walsh rinse repeat or whatever. But he, you know, he kind of jokingly made, I just want to score more points than the other team. It's like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, you know, I just want to be, you know, smart, you know, situational football, you know, take care of the ball. And I'm just like rolling my eyes, bro. Like, oh my God, I, I see where this is going. I see where it's going. Like he has, if he came out, it was like, I want to stretch defenses out. I want to, you know, I want to put pressure on them by doing this. I want to do that da, 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 with the offense. I could see that, you know, like, but he's not, I don't think he has that mind frame. His mind frame is like, I'm going to build a good defense and that's not to have the offense F it up, you know, which could win you, you know, eight or nine games. Win that, you, can, that, can, that can win you some games, man. But like, if you in the playoffs, bro. They ain't gonna work. They gonna work, man. They gonna work. At some point, your offense gonna need to score some points. And if Jameis is the one to, and again, I'm not saying that Michael Thomas doesn't solve a lot of things because if he comes back and he's 80% of Michael Thomas, it solves, it helps a lot. But it's you still need more. You still need more. Like we're seeing it, you, we see it around the league as just teams flooding themselves. You know what the Bills did? Just a sneak, such a sneaky move, good move, bruh. They signed Jamison Crowder, bruh. Beautiful. Do you know how sneaky, like that is just chef's kiss. Do I think the Bills are going to go to the AFC Championship game next year? I don't. <laughs> Say that right now, bruh. 
do not believe that they're going to go to the AFC Championship game next year. But, I don't know, bro. I, you know, I've been on this Bills thing for a while, bro. I've <laughs> been, been on it for a while. Um, but they do things that are just smart. Like Josh Allen has, Stefan Diggs, he has, they drafted well at wide receiver too, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Dotson Knox, um, and then they signed Jameson Crowder. They got their young quarterback flooded with weapons. Same thing that the Chiefs did. Child abuser, Travis Kelsey, uh, Miko Hartman. They had Sammy Watkins at one point. Just flooded the best generational quarterback with weapons. And so then now, even even though they did, they doing a reset. They changing up what they're doing offensively and say, okay, we're not going to pay child abuser all this money. We're going to trade him. They they got Juju. They got MVS. They're probably going to get another wide receiver in the draft at some point, probably in round one, maybe in round two. Flooding their quarterback with weapons. Tom Brady gets to choose to throw for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, you know, enabling ass. Bruce Arians, you know, had Antonio Brown at one point, O.J. Howard. Oh, by the way, Bill signed O.J. Howard, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, can people not see the trick? Like, (laughs) like, what? guy runs a gauge. And speaking of Tampa, uh, Bruce Arians retires. Yeah, he he stepped down. He retired. He went to the front office. Just we'll give our quick thoughts on this because we, we're wrapping up. I would just say I was surprised that the head coach wasn't Byron Leftwich. Yeah, it was something, man. But Ty Bowles is boy. Ty Bowles yes. is his boy. So you know, it this kind of made sense. Well, yeah, that did kind of suck for Byron Leftwich, but you know. Brian Leftwich gonna get away to you know get his chance to shine as offensive coordinator now because the whole you know comment with him was like oh well Bruce Arians really really running the offense so now yeah. you know he could say he's running the Tom Brady offense you know but then they'll just say well it's Tom Brady really running the offense so you know how that shit go um, but you know I guess it's interesting I don't know I don't really I don't really have a take on it you know what I'm saying like. So what the Saints have been able to do to them is, you know, like it's just one of the few shining spots of the last couple of years. Just like, <laughs> like our Tampa Bay episodes have been the most downloaded because shit has been beautiful. Like beautiful. Keep that thing going. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's kind of underrated what like that Dennis Allen, like Central, that Dennis Allen coached defense against Tom Brady did last year. That shit was kind of crazy. Insane, yeah. man. Just, just pretty much wrecked this season. <laughs> A- absolutely insane. Like, just being honest about it. Just wrecked it, bro. Just wrecked it. You know, but, you know, but, you know, we'll see, man. That's the type of defensive effort. You know, if this team won't go play, we need that type of defensive effort in the playoffs, bro. You know, because even when they had Drew Brees, like the defense will come out fighting in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. And the and the offense usually shut the bed. But man, it's like they needed some like crazy defense 
defensive performance in the playoffs. Yes. It's like the league just not set up for that, bro. That's why it, it's so annoying that they just – like if, I'm, if I got Jameis Winston and I know who he is, I would just be like, okay, I got Jameis Winston. He's a – you know, he's a, you know, a quarterback that's trying to, you know, reboot his career, has talent. Obviously has talent. There's no question about that. I would I'm going to I'm going to just OD this dude with weapons, man. Like, like even I mean, not give him a chance to fail. Even if you all you have to do is just look back to him in Tampa Bay. Like he had his most success when he had a day, two great wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and a decent to good tight end in Cameron Brake. And he never had a good running game with them. Ever. Ever. You give him a good running game, he never had a good defense. You give him a good running game and a defense, you might actually have something. So it's like, why aren't y'all seeing this? Like, just, just chilling, bro. <laughs> just big chilling. Like, they, I would just flood him with weapons, bro. Just flood him. They the, they the 50 cent meme, bro. Sleep on the couch. Just knocked out. <laughs> See you just, 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 just tucked in for the you night, Trey bro. Back. You got Trey Quan back. You know what I'm saying? And we, and the funny thing about the whole Trey Quan thing, bro, is all we, we, we knew. We all knew it was gonna happen. Oh, of course. My thing is Trey Quan. He's gonna miss, you know, four to six games. Uh, Deontay Hart is gonna miss, you know, he's gonna miss games. You know, he's he's gonna miss games during games. Yes. <laughs> So okay, then what? Little Jordan Humphrey, we back to that. It's just like, come on, man. Little Little Jordan. That's why. That's why people piss me off when it be Mitch as well, man. You know, uh, Deontay, he gonna ball like, like, bro. Have you watched this dude? I love him. I love him. He's a dog. But he gets. He just can't make it through a 16, 17 game season. He can't. That's it. That's it. And that's your only deep threat. Only one. So then what? So now you're back to like a condensed offense where, you know, safety is 10 yards off the uh, line of scrimmage. You know, like, come on, man. It's a, it's a mess. It, it, it looks discombobulated right now. It's looking pretty bleak. At least uh, offensively, it's looking bleak. And if, if, Daniel Sorensen is starting in week one. Just remember who you heard from first, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, bro. If, if Sorensen starts and he go, and I'm it's, it's a matter of when he gives up the big play, best believe I will be howling. <laughs> Could be one of that. Just because you just, you know, it's coming. You know, it's coming. It's inevitable. <laughs> You know what's coming, so just just prepare. Um, so we're getting out of here. We try to keep this short, shorter. I don't know if we actually accomplished that, but a uh, couple of things. One, to I wanted to talk about. Is my cat on the ledge again? Bro, get down from oh, um, that's that's owning a cat life. Um, what the one thing I wanted to bring up was the communities on Twitter. So we have created a hashtag Saints Twitter 
podcast community. It essentially is, it seems to be Twitter's version of Discord. Everyone who's in the community gets to interact with each other and can tweet. And it's just kept in that community. Um, it's the to get access, you have to be a Patreon. So if you're listening to this, if you're already a Patreon um, or you become a Patreon, please, please, please either DM me or DM Ryan that you're a Patreon member and are in your email. So then we can go in and approve you to get in the community. Because when I created it, a whole bunch of people like requested access to the community, but I'm not the bouncer. <laughs> you, you, ain't, you ain't paying, you ain't getting it. Um, but I, I, I like the ideal of it. I do think Twitter will probably do more things with it because the big thing I want Twitter to do with it is to have like spaces within the community. So once they start doing that, man, game day might be. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would be, I don't know how it would work because, you know, everyone like was streaming, like sometimes like shit is off. So maybe it wouldn't be the best, uh, especially if you don't want to get spoiled for like plays in the future. But like posts, like post game spaces just for like everyone who supports us and us just being in a space like that. I think that's coming. I, th- I do think Twitter is going to implement something like that with the community. So mm-hmm. that, um, so please that. So any, also, if you become a Patreon, you get access to the communities on Twitter and you get access to our discord, which again, we talked about before. We love our discord. A lot of conversations are had in our discord all the time. Um, and the big thing about Patreon right now is try to got to get Ryan to, to London, man. Like, Try to get right into that that Bingo Saints game, bro. We need plenty more. We need a lot more. I looked at the playing tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I think my girl has some 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 perks on one of the credit cards. Where like basically, like the the flight is free. The flight. Oh, free. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Probably the only way, the only reason that we're more than likely going to try to do it. But I would love, and I don't know if it's going to happen. Because like Ryan said, for it to happen, Ryan got we got to get a whole bunch more fucking Patreons and more contributors. Lot, but the the fact that maybe me and my girl go sounds like Joey and his wife might might go. We can meet up with David, meet up with Daniel, have like a whole you know. I know. You know, I know Elise got money. You know, I know she rolling in dough. So oh, she can, big dough, big kid. <laughs> you know, be over there. We just have a little like group of us overseas in London. London's two hours away from Paris. It, it would be an experience. And I've never, I've never been outside the country. I am 34 years old. I've never been outside the USA. Not, oh, not once. Um, but anyway. Draft is around the corner. If something happens, these dudes do something that makes you roll your eyes. We'll be back, talk about it, recap it. Um, but until then, and be safe. Don't take this shit too seriously. But also, just just follow the breadcrumbs because they, they've given a lot up to this point. So with that, we're going to get out of here. We're out. Peace.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.